Let's get some of that movie chat. Credits roll by and I tip my hat. Credits roll by, I wanna know more right away. Let's have some of that movie chat. Credits roll by, tell me who did that. Life in the credits is where I wanna play. Welcome to Life in the Credits. This is the show where we learn about entertainment by chatting with people who work in the industry. I'm Susan. And I'm Ben. And here we're discussing the film Licorice Pizza. Yes, and joining us today is our special guest, Kat Reeder. So welcome, Kat. Thank hey, you Kat. for joining us. Aloha. Thank you for joining us, Kat. We're very <laughs> excited to chat with you tonight. Can you tell us a bit about what you do in the entertainment world? Sure. Well, I am an illustrator and portrait artist. I create visuals that help sort of visualize people's alter ego in a tropical sense. My artwork centers around women and Mm -hmm. tropical women. There's a a mix of Hawaiiana and this Hispanic, uh, because I'm Peruvian, so there's this Latin American flair to it. Uh, My girls are very luscious, just very vivacious and very powerful. So I create portraits that sort of bring that side of people to life. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, and I love, I know in your artwork, you really combine your background, plus you live in Hawaii now, so we are, yeah, Kat is joining us from Hawaii. So do you want to talk about how you mesh those two? Well, having a Hispanic background, music, and having grown up in South Florida, music and and art and visuals and um, sensuality, you know, especially with the the Latin women, you know, we celebrate a lot of sensuality, and it's always been part of my culture. And then there's, when I came to Hawaii, I found the music and the loveliness of the women. The women are just so lovely and so maternal and beautiful. And I feel like there was, I wanted to sort of mix the two, the the, the sort of that uh, femininity and loveliness of Hawaiian women and island women with like this sensuality of Latin women. Like this, Mm. these visuals just kept coming to me of, of this woman that, wasn't necessarily uh, super sexy or super yeah. sweet. It's just sort of walking the line. Right. And there was something about the two cultures that just, to me, really just naturally came together. I mean, the, the music and the folklore being such a big part of my yeah. personal life. Hawaii just really, really spoke to me. The, the music and the way that women carry themselves. Yeah really really spoke to me yeah very cool so do you want to kind of tell us about your path to where you got your career today um just your background education anything like that sure this isn't probably an odd answer but my path to art actually is through music oh cool oh interesting not a musician i don't play instruments i i don't i don't sing. i am not a musician at all no i have nor do i have like musicians in my family or anything but being Peruvian, uh, music is a huge part of our culture, not just yeah. in South America, but in my family. Like music, uh, we have a soundtrack for everything. That's awesome. And so, <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're getting ready in the morning, there's music. If you're, yeah. you know, anything, cooking, oh my God, cooking, music. <laughs> there's music for everything. So I grew up with music being a source of emotion. Like as a child in Peru in the 80s, mm-hmm. things were a little chaotic you know, politically there. Yeah. It's a little scary for children. And yeah. music sort of became this escape. And music would always conjure up these images in my head. I didn't really understand the concepts of love and all of that, but I knew that they made me right. feel something and it would conjure up these images. And one day I started to draw just whatever was coming to my mind, I would draw. And I was obsessed with American cartoons and anime cartoons. Oh, yeah. America. Like, I was just obsessed with America. When I was a little <laughs> kid. Like, I, to me, it was like America was like, it still is like just an amazing place. And you were lucky to live here, right? So I, I told myself, I'm going to be, I'm going to be an animator. I, every time I hear music, I'm going to animate it in my head and then I'm going to just draw it. So it really started with music. So everything I've ever done has been inspired by either a song or a soundtrack. And that's just sort of like the movement and the motion and all of those things that you see. It's just sort of me trying to mimic visually like a note or something I heard in a song. Um, There was a time where I used to name, I used to title all my artwork after songs I was listening to, to just sort of pay homage to them. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It's like, there's like a music. I like to mix genres, you know, like I like the the music with the art and and movies when they have really good use of art and music. I love anything that 
mixes things. Now, academically, I I did study advertising in college. Okay. And Great. yeah, and um, I afterwards, I got a degree in graphic design. Now, my okay. goal was Great. to be an ad exec, whatever that means. I want to be an ad exec, you know? But it turned out that every uh, job that I got, I was always pining for the illustration jobs. Like, oh, is there an yeah. illustration job I can take on? And one day, uh, an art director took me aside and said, Kat, um, you know, you're an illustrator, right? <laughs> like, you're an illustrator. And I didn't know that you can make a living doing that, right? Like, I didn't yeah. think that it was a real career. Mm-hmm. And enough people said that to me that when we moved to Hawaii 12 years ago, we said, you know, we don't know anyone. We can start fresh. Yeah. Let's just reinvent ourselves. I'm going to be an illustrator. Yeah. I jumped in. And um, it just kind of took off from there. But really, I it kind of found me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I love that because... I mean, one reason we started this show is because we had a friend tell us she works in costume production. And she's like, if I knew this job existed, I could have gotten here a lot faster. It sounds like you had a similar moment where like, I didn't know I could make a living as an illustrator, but then it like opened this world up. So I think that's that's really good to point out, even if you're not in the industry or in this art world initially. And even though you were you were doing a lot of artwork and you're working in advertising, you know, sometimes it just takes that person being like, hey, you know, you can do this as a job like this is something. I think that's really yeah, cool. yeah, definitely. Because when you're young, you don't, yeah, you, think you gotta go for what's tried and true or or yeah. a career that you've heard. You know, like advertising, art director. Those are mm-hmm. things I heard about yeah. that I felt like okay, well, they sound like something my parents could recognize. You know, right. yeah. uh, but but <laughs> illustrator is not one of them. So mm-hmm. yeah, when someone says you can do this, you're you're so, really how? Yeah. And then there's a whole how do I make that happen? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the next step is like, now, how do I do that for a living? (laughs) But there are ways. I mean, there's practical things you can do to make that happen. So I also love what you said about translating the music into your artwork, because I think both those mediums, you know, like music and visual art, they can make you feel emotions that you can't necessarily put into words. And I think those two things fit really well together. Just the visual expression of what the music's making you feel. I think that's cool. Yes. Very cool. So how did you get involved then with movie posters? Well, this was, a, I don't, you know, one day I got a, a message on Instagram. Yeah. Would you like to work on a movie? Would you be open to it? And I was like, this can't be real. Okay. And I said, yes, of course. And then I didn't hear from, you know, for a few weeks, I didn't hear from them again. And I thought, oh, okay. It was probably just like, you know, whatever, you know, yeah. nothing. And then it turned out to be legit. And it's like, listen, like we, we like your style and you know we saw your stuff on instagram instagram has been a huge source yeah. of for me Great. and uh, we think you'd be a good fit for this project so now at the time there was a the movie had just finished filming and okay. they were st- just concepting on the uh, marketing stuff the campaign and the um art director said you know we, we have we don't know if we're going to go with illustration we're exploring different options, photography being one of them. And they brought in a few artists and um, photographers even to work on this campaign. And they had, for me, they had a a basic concept. Now, what was interesting about this movie is that they couldn't tell me much about it. (laughs) I didn't know. I knew eventually that it was Alana and uh, Cooper who would be in the movie, but I didn't really know anything. There was no title for the movie. There was just not a lot to go on. And they're like, this is a theme. This is where it's taking place. This is where it's taking place. And there's not much else. So they kind of gave me a basic concept with the hand that we're kind of thinking this, but we want you to submit your own designs, like your own design as well, which was very cool. Yeah. And then it just, it was a very long process, Uh, maybe a year, year and a half. It was a very long process because Paul Thomas Anderson is very involved in every aspect of all of it down, right down to the marketing and promotions. So he, you know, he really had to look at everything and and sort of feel it out. So the design went, you know, started with like seven designs down to two and then three and then explore. And then they sort of became like this mishmash of a bunch of different (laughs) things. Sure. But yeah, it was, I had a really good team that Uh guided me through this. This was the first time I'd worked with a studio. Yeah. And and where I was, there was such a uh, division. Like usually I work straight with the client. Like there's not a lot of steps that I have to take. This one was different because I didn't have a direct line 
to the decision makers, but I did have a really great creative director that was just guiding me through all of it. And, and that was really important because they were able to give me feedback, Yeah. but also let me do me. Yeah. That was very important to them is that I still maintain my voice through, mm-hmm. through this whole thing. Great. Yeah, definitely. Cause I mean, they hired you for a reason, right? They saw your style yes. and if that's what they wanted, they, it's great that they gave you the freedom to like keep, you that. know, it, it was, I said like uh, over a year of yeah. work, you know, it, it's funny because you know that there are other artists involved and you don't know who they are. Right. <laughs> and you're like, God, I hope that you're just doing the best that you, I work yeah. my butt off on this. You know, <laughs> just, I was like, I need to, you know, really, whatever it is, just really, capture it and and of course i said you know hey um i don't know much about the movie but shoot me the soundtrack yeah oh Oh, yeah right and licorice pizza has a great soundtrack yes so i knew okay well if i don't know i haven't seen the script i don't know anything really that's going on in the movie um the music will give me a feel for this so you know if it's disco is one thing if it's you know uh, soul music it's another thing and so that really the, the getting the soundtrack really kick-started like the visuals for me oh, like, awesome. okay I kind of get where they're going with it and that was a big help yeah how cool did you get to see parts of the movie at all while you were designing or yeah. nothing oh my gosh that's crazy I got some uh, eventually I got some screenshots uh, okay once, once um it got further along because the original poster was just gonna have Gary and Alana and then okay. as it got further along they decided they wanted to add more characters yeah. to the poster because we one thing we did is um we designed a, a pinball machine you okay, know like an cool. actual a hole it was awesome that's cool and they they really wanted it to be like chock full of all these characters to add texture so once it got to that part then I got more screenshots of the okay. movie and so it's almost like I had to piece together the movie because yeah. I, they were still not telling me what was exactly <laughs> what was going on so I'm watching the movie and if you see the movie just in stills it looks like 10 different movies yeah right? it does like, I can see so that much going on yeah I was like what is going on here where did this <laughs> character come in I mean it was just really fun yeah and it was like a guessing game for me too it was like a whole treasure hunt like what uh, what, what am I doing here? You know, but it <laughs> obviously that was very challenging was it a fun challenge to try to puzzle it, it out it was fun and it was also I describe it as sort of waiting for a boyfriend to call like <laughs> I would design something and go I hope I got it and then yeah. I would just wait for weeks like to get some feedback oh so I never God. because I feel like so much of it was so free-flowing and open-ended yeah. like, things like the title you know the title changed I think a couple times and mm-hmm. so you didn't know uh, there was a period where it was just going to center around Alana and, and Gary and it was just gonna I, I think the title was gonna be Alana and Gary or something okay. I think it was you know so I didn't know and then yeah. at the end you didn't know if they were just gonna say hey thanks but we're going with photography because oh it was, it, those were the two big yeah you know contenders and you know I know that there are people in the industry that are going to push for photography because uh-huh. it's true and right and then there are people who are a little more you know are going to go with their gut and yeah it risks like Paul and his team and they're going to say no we want illustration so I had to just kind of wait and like yeah. okay well I hope I make it through the next round essentially oh wow yeah. that's wild well I do think the poster is the final part was amazing I think it really does capture the spirit of the movie even though you didn't even know what the movie was which is crazy but um it really captures it really well yeah. so well done thank yeah you. yeah thank you. And, I, and I have to you know I emphasize that this was a team effort yeah you know? mm-hmm. Behind this, from account reps to art director and creative director, and yeah. like, you know, I I submitted all the work, but the end result really was the team coming together yeah. and sort of putting out the final piece, and then just me sort of cleaning up things here and there. But really, this was a team, which was really great because I yeah. hadn't worked in a team setting like that. In a, since I was in, gra- in graphic design myself. Yeah. So it was really nice. Awesome. That's yeah. really cool. Well, just for people who might not know, what does the term key art mean? So key art, I, it's funny because in the beginning, I had to sort of familiarize yeah. it. But it's just basically creating the, the main visuals that would guide all of the marketing materials for, okay. for that 
production, you know, and um, you just sort of starting point. Okay, cool. And there, Very cool. You, know, you design knowing that, hey, this has to be able to translate to outdoor TV. Like, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's a quarter like the template for the look of the marketing materials. Yeah. When in the production of a project does that normally start? For some movies, I know it starts like in at the same time as they're filming. It just like, kind yeah. of depends too on on how how it involves the um, the studio is. You know, okay. I feel like someone with Paul has more freedom from yeah. what I understand uh, to kind of do him. So he, you know, he had more freedom to sort of go back and change it. Uh, it just really depends also on how much say studios have, right? Like I know for us, there was a, a time where uh, they were thinking that the international campaign would just be photography. Okay. So, you know, and there was there was a pushback, like, no, we, we want illustration. So yeah, it just kind of depends on the involvement too of, of the big wigs, you know? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It- I mean, I'm sure there's a huge different like difference between director, between how established a director is. Like, obviously, Paul Thomas Anderson has proved himself, so they're going to give him a lot more freedom yes. making those choices. So, yeah, and that makes. And, and also, uh, having a director that uh, believes in your work, I, yeah. you know, I know that he liked what he saw and he let me do my thing. Yeah. That's not always true. I know I got lucky. That's not. That's not necessarily the way it goes. Yeah. And not every artist is comfortable with with that either you know and and you also have to be flexible as an artist because when they tell you hey you have to change this mm-hmm. you have to be flexible so you have to have a good rapport even though you've never met right that was a challenge yeah everything was done remotely I mean wow. it was kind of the middle of COVID or I yeah, feel like right yeah. yeah right in that so it was how is this gonna work you know yeah. and so even if we could have met I don't think we really could have met right so yeah, you're right, because this came out in 2021. Yep. Yeah. Thank God for Zoom and thank God for the digital age because right. you just skip, skip a beat. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I know you've worked on a lot of different arenas, Kat. Is there a difference between designing for a like fashion world versus the sporting world versus the movies? Yes. So I'll say with the movies, yeah. Uh, was the first time I had an experience where after you were done, you were saying goodbye to your work. Like it's no mm-hmm. longer mine. Yeah. That happened before, yeah. especially when you license work, which is what I usually do. Yeah. So this was a, a learning experience for me because it was like, you're done. Goodbye. It's ours. <laughs> and it's like, you know, have a beautiful life. <laughs> Don't forget about me. <laughs> but uh, that was the first one where it was, okay, you're, you know, you're, you're giving, you're really setting your baby free here. Right. And with the other jobs, it's just more understanding who the end consumer is or who the viewer is going to be. For instance, with sports, like I did the PGA tour, for instance, like how do you capture Hawaii and, you know, this, this tropical aesthetic in a masculine way, in a way that, that is appealing Mm. to not just women, right? Like how do you, how do you create men that look, powerful and, and and all of that while still maintaining that aura of sportsmen whatever that is that that masculine yeah, yeah. So there's that and then with fashion it's much more free elegant free-flowing it has to look like you sort of captured a moment it's not as as clean necessarily as it has to feel very in the moment Mm-hmm. And like, like someone just inspired you because they're wearing this beautiful gown. So yeah. it's, it's a totally different, totally different um, sphere. And, okay. you know, everything has had a different type of end consumer. So I've right. had to really understand who that person, who that crowd is before I design for them. Yeah. Right. When you're getting hired for a job, I know you said Instagram was a huge reason you got hired for Licorice Pizza, which is, if anyone didn't know, that's the poster we were talking about. It's a Licorice Pizza movie poster. So what other avenues do you go through to get picked to do a job or get hired to do a certain illustration or poster? I've been lucky in that I haven't had to do a whole lot of, I've just started doing some advertising and and trying to find out agent myself but up to this point it it had been mostly instagram awesome other than that it's all word of mouth yeah Uh, a lot of my clients are in southern california or um even the ones here 
they always know someone who sees okay. my art on their wall who did that and that would be great for you know invites and I'm, and I'm open to everything I've done invitations yeah. for private events weddings like I've done everything so um it, it really has been just word of mouth and people Very just cool. liking to work with me and the process and I've been lucky in that sense I've yeah. actually I'm now you know thinking about really reaching out and getting yeah. an agent because it's just the world is so big right now. There's yeah. so much competition and we really got to think outside the box. Yeah. But it's great to hear the power of something like social media, getting your artwork out there, like the yeah. very positive thing to put out it into is. the world. Yeah. <laughs> it's, great. it's scary too, though, right? Like yeah. For me, like I didn't grow up with uh, social media being right. so just right. second nature. Yeah. So it, it was really intimidating at first mm-hmm. just to get on social media because I'm yeah. like, who wants to know, like, who wants to see every aspect of an artist's life? Who wants right. to see sketch? But hey, turns out people care. And, yeah. You know, it, it, that, you have to tap into a side of you that, you know, you have to put yourself out there. Yeah. You, to, you know, become like your own fan. And it's just right. it's weird to put yourself in that space. Like, okay, yeah. now I'm going to promote myself. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. So, but it, it paid off and so far, right? Yeah. But every day there's a new app and there are new, younger artists and newer artists. And, and I mean, it's just, it's a never ending thing. It's not, you got to hustle. That's yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then also, can you tell us more about the Clio Awards? Because I know you've... Oh, yeah, Clio's, um, okay. they're like the Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I learned that the campaign won one for the international, I think it was the international outdoor campaign, which is super cool because, like I said earlier, uh, they were considering just doing photography uh-huh. and, and Paul and his campaign really pushed for the, um, for the illustration. Yes. So that really meant a lot to me because it added another layer of, yeah, you know, when I was in advertising, you know, winning a Clio was like, oh my God, just, yeah. You said it's like winning an Oscar. A Grammy. Deal, yeah. And then I sort of walked away from advertising, you know, I, once I started doing illustration. So to come back now and it's like, <laughs> hey, you know, the campaign won one and get part of that. It's like, oh my God, like what a <laughs> life is just so crazy like that, you know, just what an honor. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Yes. Yeah, that's a huge deal. There was, you know, everything from the ad execs, you know, to the art directors, to the creative director who got in this. It's really important that you have a team that believes in your work and advocates for you. I had people on the other side that advocated not just for the work, but for the hours that I was putting in and and the tenacity and the, and the, the passion that I had for this project being you know, the theme seventies was already yeah. in my, it was already like in my backyard, like that kind of thing. But it's really important to have a, a team behind you that believes in you and doesn't just want to use you and discard you. And right. I'm still in contact with everybody. Like we're awesome. still, it's important to me to build real relationships. Yes. Well, Kat, what's the most challenging part of your job? Uh, it could be, uh, you're in charge of your own business. You're in charge of your own livelihood. And that could be exhausting. Yeah. yeah. And it, for all the artists out there that that do this for a living freelance, it can be also very lonely. Yeah. It can be, you know, if you don't put yourself out there, a lot of artists are just naturally shy. Like I used to be, I had to train myself not to be, but yeah. you can end up feeling isolated and you could be, and you can end up designing in a vacuum at times. And yeah. you, you know, you really have to push to connect with other artists. And aside from that, there are challenges now with AI and all of these yeah. things coming out, right? It's like we're, we're like in the middle of this, I don't know what it is, some sort of revolution, artistic revolution. And we don't know what it's going to be like in a year yeah. from now. But, you know, there are artists who are worried. There are artists who are excited. And so it's just right now, it's, everything's changing. So the challenge is just in staying relevant. Yeah. Learning the business especially with a business that's changing every day, how we do business in the art world changes yeah. every day and still staying consistent when there's so much inspiration out there that makes you want to change your style all the yeah. time <laughs> <laughs> and, and staying grounded. You know, there are a lot of divas in, in the <laughs> art world. Staying, you know, everyone's trying to be a superstar. Everyone's yeah. trying to be a TikTok star and everyone's an influencer now. So staying grounded and humble is, is becoming challenging more and more. So yeah, de- definitely 
there are things to you have to keep in mind humility being one of them yes <laughs> great so what are some ways you combat that kind of isolation how do you reach out to other artists or make sure you're staying connected yeah well during covid i yeah. just started doing the zoom thing and i just started oh. reaching out to people i actually made more friends during covid than any other time yeah. because i had to really push myself to talk on camera right. to reach reach um uh, I started really connecting with like the Tiki communities, for instance, okay, in yeah. California awesome. and really like getting to know people there. And, you know, there's a lot of networking, right. going to events, following up with people. It, it just, it really does. All the artists here know each other. I mean, the yeah. good thing is because you're an island, you also, the everyone's very supportive of each other. Oh, cool. So I've now known artists for, more than 10 years and like hey we follow each other's career so there's that support system yeah but it's definitely really really important that you connect with other artists yeah even if it's remotely always and I always welcome people emailing me writing me for advice or to connect like I I just love connecting people that's awesome very cool yeah so do you have any moments from your career that are just a favorite moment or like an unbelievable moment where like I can't believe this is what I get to do for a living yeah (laughs) well obviously the for me, the, the most recent one that was like a wow moment was going to the premiere. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. I got to actually meet all these people that I had been seeing on right. the TV screen, and I got to actually meet them. I got to meet Paul, yeah. which is amazing, and give him a big hug and that's thank cool. him. And, and I got to meet Alana and Cooper. And, you know, most of the people in the first of all, I got to sit in the theater and watch the movie. That's very cool. Which I didn't register anything from the movie because I was so in awe that they were all sitting yeah. there. Yeah. And I, was, I, I can't take any of this in. Yeah. And just um and just hanging with them. I mean, they're just normal people. They're yeah. just hanging and having drinks and talking about, you know, their careers and I'm here with them. And, you know, on, on a personal note, you know, when my, I, I did tell Paul this story. I was like, I need to tell you one, one thing why yeah. this is important to me. I said to him, because my dad migrated first to the United okay. States mm-hmm. uh, in, the, in the late eighties. And he came by himself and he landed in, um, in, Cal- in LA and he didn't have anywhere to be in LA. Right. Like he did, he thought LA Miami were like, hopping a skip away <laughs> so, so he's in Miami he's in um, LA thinking like okay how do I get to Miami and yeah. he didn't know anyone you know so LA, eventually he made his way to Miami but LA was always like this sort of landing sort of baseline for us like right there's some sort of history in LA and movies and television American movies and television are really big in my family and to me so when I went to the premiere and I saw my art on billboards and bus stuff, everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Everywhere. It was like, oh my God, if my dad could see that he he wasn't with me. At, he's uh-huh. still in Hawaii, but he, he didn't come with me. But I wanted to show him, right? Because he was just this guy. Yeah. He was hoping that he could bring his family and they would make something of themselves. And, and here I was standing yeah. there with all of these celebrities, with this gigantic piece of art that I had made. And thinking wow like I it's like the other side of that you know seeing my dad just arriving and not knowing anything and having all of these dreams for his kids and then this moment where I'm there representing you know and it was just a really moment for me really close and personal and there were some Spanish speakers in, in the crowd um, and I got to speak to them and it was like, wow, like my people are here, you know, yeah. we're, we're here, we're, you know, and it was just really nice. And I, I got to express that. And I said, if I never work in this industry again, I can die happy because I I put a little piece in the cultural yes. you know, fabric, a little something, you know, there's a little piece of me there and I'm so happy with that. Yeah. That's incredible. And how cool to get to see your artwork in all those different, like, huge mediums. And also, I mean, this movie was nominated for three Oscars. So, like, just this, I mean, you're talking oh about the God. Clio Awards. You're also nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> like, I mean, the movie's like, that's It crazy. was so incredible. Yeah. <laughs> incredible because when I look back on the very first um, message, which was, would you be interested in working on a movie? Yeah. yeah. To this... It's like, oh my God, what if I had said no? <laughs> what yeah. if I had said, you know, and it's just, I just 
there were times where I didn't know it would go anywhere and I was frustrated or I was confused or like scared because I put so much into this and what if it goes nowhere and and then to be to see it right to see it in live all over LA was just I can't even describe that feeling yeah that's wonderful just such a cool moment and then to be able to share that with your dad and that full circle moment being back in LA that's so cool like (laughs) he was just so proud you know because it's not uh, coming to the states at the time it wasn't it wasn't something you talked about openly it wasn't something that you know, you came and you worked yeah. and sort of uh, faded into the background. And and so, you know, I, I wanted to do something different. You know, I, yeah. I yeah. want to be in, in entertainment. I, I want to be part of this. Yes. Well, we have one more question for you, Cap, okay. before we move on and talk about the movie. What advice do you have for people who want to get in, either into the art world for movie posters or just the art world in general? Mm-hmm. What kind of advice do you have for folks like that? You have to create your own opportunities, especially now with being so global and everyone has access to movie industry, to every industry. There's a lot more competition. You have to create your own opportunities. You have to be memorable in the sense that you have to make good impressions on people. Mm -hmm. You have to be flexible. And like I said earlier, not be a diva, like be thankful, be great, be gracious. And you know, learn and connect with other artists, share the wealth, you know what I mean? Like if you learn something, share it and they will share with you too. And I feel that there has to be a lot more connection with artists because again, we're so isolated. Yeah. Definitely. You got to learn the business side, learn the business side early on. I always tell people, treat yourself like a business from the very beginning. Even if you have absolutely no idea what you're doing, make yourself a business card with your name on it. Like, Billy Bob design, whatever, just make a a, a logo and put it on something so that you visualize yourself as a business and always treat yourself as a business. Always be professional. Treat yourself like you've been in business for 20 years. That that served me really well. Somebody gave me that advice early on in my career and it served me so well because if people have confidence in in the way you present yourself, they will trust you more. They will give you work. Let's get to our featured film. Taylor discussing the 2021 film Licorice Pizza. It was written and directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, and it stars Cooper Hoffman and Alana Haim. It was nominated for three Oscars, including the Best Motion Picture, and the poster was designed by our guest today. So, before we get into it, Susan, can you give us a breakdown? What's this movie about? Yes. So, as we already mentioned, this movie takes place in the 70s, 1973, uh, San Fernando Valley. And we meet the character's name, Alana Kane. She's 25. Um, although later in the movie, she says she's 28. She kind of, <laughs> but I think she's 25. She's a photographer's assistant for like this school photo company. So she's at this high school and she's just bored with life. And she, that's when she meets Gary Valentine, who's this 15 year old, like former child actor who's still kind of acting, but also gets himself involved in a million different business ventures. And I actually love the scene where they first meet because the dialogue's so like snappy and back and forth. Yeah. Uh, just a great setup for who these two characters are. And they kind of venture off onto this friendship that's also got a like very romantic undertones, but obviously she's 25 and he's in high school. So like, you know, nothing really happens for a while, um, but you just see their lives kind of unfold. And like you said before, if you saw stills from this movie, it looked like a bunch of different movies because so much happens in it. But yeah, it's really fun. There's a lot of kind of cameos of very famous people in this movie who play bizarre characters. And just it's really, really well done. But it's really just kind of this crazy adventure they go through through all this different stuff. So absolutely. Yeah. So Kat, you chose this movie for us to watch today. It's pretty obvious why you chose (laughs) it. But what do you you think of the film? I liked it. I had to watch it twice because yeah. like I said the first time I registered nothing yeah. <laughs> then, so you were at the premiere that's so. understandable yeah. I wouldn't have either yeah. and then um second time I was like oh okay I get that yeah. makes sense yeah. I see that <laughs> I, I, I liked it I think you know I wanted I was more curious to see where the music fell yeah. in like where, yeah. where it was taking me and uh I got to kind of see in, in live action what all this sound the valley all this stuff all of these visuals that were being explained to me like oh think think of you know this in the 70s and this place and finally I got to see all of that yeah and finally got to see 
Paul's vision. So, yeah, I, I liked it. I thought it was funny. Like, there were some parts that, especially the, the guy in the restaurant with the Japanese, I mean, I just, I love that. I, I love that scene because it's the 70s. And yeah. like, well, yeah. <laughs> 70s. I mean, yeah. there were a lot of kooky people like that. And uh-huh. I just think it's so funny. And I just, I, I know, I, I liked that. I thought it was fun. I thought yeah. all of the cameos were really funny. I, I love Bradley Cooper in it. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> he is. It was so good. Yeah. And uh, and you mentioned uh, Alana saying 28. And from what I understand is that was a mistake because it was her first oh. day of filming. Okay. It was, it was her first time filming with Bradley or something. And she okay. got nervous. So she said her real age. And oh, then, that makes sense. Yeah. And then they just left it in the movie. Yeah. Authenticity to it. Yeah. I thought, I mean, it kind of fit that she was kind of like, would, would blunder her age or even just like she was trying to seem more mature to Bradley right. Cooper in that moment. Yeah, I think it read, I read that. Yeah. It read that way. Like she was yeah. just trying to. Right. I'm 28. Well, I'm 25, some, but. Right. <laughs> but who so wouldn't I, be nervous around Bradley Cooper? I would right. forget all the time. I know. Like, uh, Especially that. playing that character. Right. Yeah. It's Bradley uh, yes. Cooper, but he's also playing an insane man. Like, right. <laughs> Who's a real person. Yeah. Right. I love all the like adults in the movie. Like Sean Penn shows up and he's oh insane. Like yes. you know when he takes her out and he's such a sleaze bag, you know, playing this movie star. But when he starts talking about all like the war stories, yeah. and it's so serious and he's trying yeah. to be so like you know yes. so dramatic and it's so funny because he's just so over the top. Um, right. I mean, everybody in this movie is like that and it's really fun to watch yeah but to your guys's point this movie moves so fast mm-hmm. that like the scenes change so quickly uh that so much happens yeah yeah, it does and uh yeah i had to watch it a couple times to to kind of get the the rhythm of it and, right but i think one thing that was cool about it these period movies is that you get away with a little bit more because yeah. right Right. It was a different time. Right. So, like, you know, there's certain things that maybe today would be kind of like, oh, that wouldn't happen. But right. because it's seventies, it's yeah, right. And it's it's like that time, right? Like it's analog time. You know, you, yeah. you got it's refreshing to see movies and and see stories where someone's not on the phone or right. texting. Like texting isn't part of the dialogue and stuff. Yeah. It's just nice to see something really old school like that. Yeah. And I know part of his inspiration for making this movie was his experience growing up in the Valley. Right. Um, And I do feel like this is a really good snapshot of being a teenager in the Valley. I feel like even if it's not hundred percent accurate, I capture, I feel like it captures that feeling really well. It's really well done. And these characters are so weird and, and, but they're (laughs) fascinating. Right. Cause I mean, this is a 15 year old kid who's like, you know, he's trying to schmooze everybody around town. He's starting all these businesses and, you know, and, Meanwhile, Elena is, you know, she's so impulsive and she's getting in fights with her family and and everyone's yes. running all of the time. Yeah. I mean, there's so <laughs> many shots of people running in this movie. That's true. I remember that when getting the stills, like, why is everybody running? In this movie? <laughs> you know? Especially there's a scene with the motorcycle and she's, yes. I got a photo where she's flying off the motorcycle. I'm like, what is happening? Oh, you got a still of that out of context? Yeah, I did. Yeah, oh, so, no, that's hilarious. It was just like, is it an action movie? Is it a love story? What What is this? <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of all, I mean, it's kind of all of that. There's so much that happens. Um, yeah. But I think what's cool is that because it's it's sort of uh, a slice of his, yeah. his life, in a sense, or his memories, I feel like it adds a little something special because only someone who grew up there would understand a lot of the references right some references that unless you grew up there at the time like licorice pizza like the title itself yeah you wouldn't understand the the reference yeah i remember thinking like why is it named licorice pizza and then i realized it's the record store and i was like oh that's i mean even that's kind of clever because it's another slice of what life was like there yeah kind of an easter egg for people who did grow up there it's cool and i love the businesses even the businesses he starts are (laughs) bonkers like a waterbed business and then an arcade like how how 70s is that right (laughs) just the most at the the premiere they had like a the arcade and then and then they had like a little what do they call it staged waterbed thing oh they did that's cool it was so cool because they really brought a lot of these elements to life yes and it's wow it just totally felt like a furniture store in the 70s with like 
a really bad lighting and uh-huh. the walls and just it was just very 70s and definitely they did a great job at immersing you in the yeah. in that time period yeah even like the lighting and the colorization oh, on totally. the film and like you know just even the makeup they did it looked really real you know yes. it wasn't super polished it was like oh no, no. Yeah. yeah, you definitely knew there that that Gary was a teenager. You, de- yeah. you definitely, you know, it was yeah. very well, fresh face, and they were all just themselves. And- yeah. Yeah, totally. So we actually got to go uh, see this movie at the Music Box in Chicago, which is a famous movie theater. It's there. Like a historic movie theater. Okay. Yeah. So well, it was. So we saw it in seventy millimeter, which was right. cool because exactly. that's you know like close to the format you'd see it in the 70s exactly so but seeing it in that really gave the the film a lot of texture yeah and really added to that feel of that time period which is really cool yes sort of like our memories right like our memories have this texture yes sort of brings back the nothing's ever crisp it's just we just remember this hazy yeah yeah he captured that for sure Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely it was was awesome Uh, bradley cooper those are probably my favorite scenes, especially uh, when he's walking up the hill. They're oh trying to God. leave. It's so good. Yeah, they're trying to leave because they just like flooded his house or whatever. And then he comes walking up the hill and he's like, you got to take me to get gas. Because also there, you see there's what grounds it so well is that there's kind of the news in the background. And one of those things yeah. is the gas shortage. Right. And the, cri- the energy crisis. So yeah. that's also an interesting element is yeah. that it feels so real because it's these teenagers. But the real world's happening kind of behind them. Yeah. <laughs> totally. You know, speaking of crazy characters, you know, the, the girl, the Hyam sisters, um, yeah. of course, are in the film and their dad is in the film. And he really is that person, I guess, in real <laughs> life. Like he, Because he was at the premiere. Oh, and, awesome. Like, it was so cool because, you know, seeing a movie with the cast it's just another layer yeah, so of course when whenever the dad would come on screen like all the girls would cheer for him like, <laughs> dad, you know it was so cute to like see the you never see that human side of yeah. movie making and celebrities and you know we don't we don't see the human side and, yeah. and to see them all cheering on their dad yeah that's so cool. hey that's you up there and <laughs> and, and just you know it was just so cool. I felt like I could have seen, I could have watched more of that. He was just such a character. Yeah. And it was just that dynamic that they had as a family felt real. And, and it added that kind of comical sense to the, I don't know, yeah. it just added this real element to it. And to see that they really do get along that way. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah, I think because that was their whole actual family, because right? that was their mom, too. Right. Yes, so, the mom. so just having the actors who are that comfortable with each other because they're actually family members is going to add a lot. Like even those little scenes, little scenes. But this movie had friends and like friends of the kids. Yeah. It seemed like a really big family. And yeah. they were all taking pictures together. The cast were all just um, cool. doing like these media you know, photos. They really felt like a fa- they felt like they were all a big family. Yeah. And they yeah. had little children to grown-ups, like they all knew each other. And I know that that's not, I, I would assume that's not the way that most movies go, you know, yeah. that it's maybe more transactional or more professional. And But this really felt like it's a family affair. Yeah. That's very cool. And what a great, like, first experience for you being involved in the movie industry, too, to have it be so positive and, like, yes. you know, that's I'm great. Glad. I was glad because, you know, they say never meet your heroes. And yeah. I was like, don't let that be true today. Yeah. <laughs> I hope no one's, you know, just a t- horrible. And, yeah. You know, everyone I met was super lovely. So, I mean, it might just be that he also attracts the, that kind of people, you know. Right, right. But everyone I met was super down to earth. Yeah great and it kind of shows you why he has he's given so much more freedom when making his movies is because he forms those really positive relationships you know people want to work with him so they trust his vision and like yeah i'll do this movie i don't know what it is yet but i trust that you're gonna make something great and i want to be a part of that so yeah must be nice i mean i just how lucky right to yeah (laughs) trust from people yeah do you that's you know that's not something we're gonna hear i i I feel like as we in this world of streaming and Netflix and everything, I don't know that that's going to hold true forever. So I feel that these directors that get still do them. Yeah. Awesome. Good for them. So yeah. Yeah. Well, Kat, did you have a favorite scene in the movie? I actually really like the scene where, where they arrest him for no reason. And then, yeah. 
they hugged for the first time. Yeah. I feel like that to me, like it really cemented that she was reciprocating, yes. reciprocating and she really felt something and it yeah. sort of brought them together. Yeah. And, um, like I liked that. I thought it was a really poignant part of the of the mm-hmm. film. And and I mean just for for laughs, you know, like I said, the restaurant, uh the yeah. guy, the, you know, him. I mean, just I just made me laugh because it's just it's just funny. But uh, <laughs> But yeah, just those that moment where they they first become yeah. one. Yeah, that's great. That's really like the turning point where you're like, okay, this is like now progressing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you have a favorite scene? I kind of already said mine with that Bradley Cooper scene when he's walking up the hill with the gas can. <laughs> I mean, there's. Some- I also do really love the scene where Gary and Alana very first meet. Like that dialogue is watching it the second time. I was like, this is so good, and like yeah. just displays who they are really well right off the bat. I really love it. And what talents, right? I mean, these yeah. uh, first-time yeah. actors. Yeah. Like just what wow like it just seems like they've been doing this since they were children yeah that was really impressive Mm -hmm. yeah you know i I would say that there are are many great scenes in the film i love i love when he gets arrested i you know i love that the film just like totally it's like you think that he's just at this conference and boom yeah he's he's arrested and he's at the police station and it takes like 30 seconds you know and it's very very shocking but I do think Bradley Cooper steals this movie. He's in like three scenes and he just steals it. Like, yes. um, and watching him just being so intimidating and yeah. creepy, but funny and just over the top, yeah. just chewing scenery, but obviously having a great time. But watching the kids just be horrified <laughs> as they see him in the road is so yeah. funny because they know they just sabotaged his house. Yeah. Yes. And, and, you know, they think that maybe he's, that they're maybe caught knows, or yeah. that, that they have to take him back and then they'll get yeah. caught. Yeah. The, the whole thing. And he then the way they escape with the truck is so good. It's just, the whole thing is just really, really well made. Yeah. It had a little bit of everything, you know, if it was a, a comedy, romance, a little yeah. bit of humor, it had like, you know, <laughs> definitely that nostalgia there, the music. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was really well done. We like to finish up our show today with a game that we're calling Paul versus Paul. We're going to see how well both of you know the films of Paul Thomas Anderson versus Paul W.S. Anderson. So, Kat, you're going to be playing against Susan. <laughs> so here are the rules. I'm going to give you the name of a Paul Thomas Anderson or a Paul W.S. Anderson film. You have to tell me which Paul directed it. You will have five movies to identify, and whoever gets the most correct will win our prize. Yeah. And so, Susan, what's our prize? I did some Life in the Credits merchandise, like a shirt or a mug or a tote bag, something like that. <laughs> Very high stakes. We'll send you something in the mail. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Now, Kat, you've chosen to go first. So are you ready to play? I don't think it matters. I think I've got to play. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. All right. Your first movie is Phantom Thread. Was that directed by Paul Thomas Anderson? Or was it directed by Paul W.S. Anderson? I'm going to say Paul T. Paul T. is correct. Yeah, that T. was a Paul Thomas Anderson film. Absolutely. That's one point. Okay. All right. Number two. <laughs> After a good start. Yes, absolutely. Number two. Monster Hunter. Which Paul directed Monster Hunter? Uh, W.S. Yes, that is oh, nice. correct. Two for two. Good job. All right. Number three. Punch Drunk Love. Oh, Paul Thomas. Yes, absolutely. That was Paul Thomas Anderson. Three for three. Number four, Magnolia. Paul Thomas. Yes, four for four. Now, can you get them all right? Number five, Mortal Kombat. (laughs) Definitely not Paul Thomas Anderson. (laughs) That's correct, yes. Oh, five for five. Wow, well done. All right. Think a Mortal Kombat movie directed by Paul Thomas Anderson would be interesting to see. It would be amazing. <laughs> I don't know what the vibe of it would be, but <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, New five idea. for five. Good job. Good job. All right, Susan. Yeah, this is going to be uh, a challenge. Okay, or maybe not. We'll see. Number one, Resident Evil. That's probably Paul W. S. Yes, okay. it is. Very good. One point. Number two, There Will Be Blood. That hat. That has to be Paul Thomas Anderson. It sure okay. is. Number three, Boogie Nights. Oh, that's Paul Paul Thomas Anderson. Yep, Paul Thomas. All right, number four, The Three Musketeers. Is that Paul Thomas 
Anderson? I'm sorry, that's not correct. It's not. That <laughs> it's is Paul W.S. W. S. Anderson. Okay. And then finally, who directed Event Horizon? Uh, now I don't know. Yep. Paul W.S. Yes, okay. that is correct. <laughs> Which means that you got four correct. Okay. Meaning Kat is our winner tonight. Nice job. Congratulations. <laughs> I'll take that t-shirt now. Yes, yes. We will send it to <laughs> Absolutely. you. Um, I mean, some of those are obvious, but... Some of those were the harder. Sec- yeah. Paul w- I, three Musketeers. I guess I got the impression that Paul W.S. Anderson would not have done a movie. <laughs> Those were like action movies, right? right. Like yeah, that's true. That's true. Three yeah. Musketeers is an action movie. Yeah, it, yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, but well done. Uh, that was, that was fun. So uh, congratulations. Yeah, congrats. Well, before we let you go, Kat, would you like to plug anything? Doing portraits. I am now starting a boudoir portraits. I had a lot Ooh. of sexy girls like, hey, you know, just let's push it a little bit. So um, doing a little more, I'm still doing portraits, but now I'm, sort of pushing that sort of saucy, sexy side. Definitely my portraits, you know, they're always very popular. And, Uh you know, if you're a tiki file, tropical girl, guys too, getting a lot more men, getting a lot more men doing that 007 thing, you know, whatever, whoever your alter ego is, I can make it happen for you and I can create something custom. Awesome. Yeah. So where can they find uh, more of your work and your contact info? You can go to Instagram, Cat uh-huh. Reader Art or Cat Reader Portraits. And you can email me at cat at catreader.com. Awesome. Very Perfect. cool. Yes. Well, thank you for joining us tonight, Cat. It was an absolute pleasure yeah, to talk to you. Yeah, this was really fun and really interesting. Thank you for being so sweet and, and warm and welcoming to me. I appreciate that. Life in the Credits is hosted and produced by me, Susan Swarner. And me, Ben Bloom. It's executive produced by Michelle Levin. The music is written and performed by Steve Trowbridge. You can hear more of Steve's music at TrowbridgeSounds.com. The show logo is created by Melissa Durkin. If you'd like to support Life in the Credits and get access to exclusive perks, you can do so at Patreon.com. If you'd like to follow or get a hold of us, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Life in the Credits or shoot us an email at LifeInTheCredits at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I remember that when getting the stills, like, why is everybody running in this? <laughs> <laughs>